invite you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, as you are turning there, I want to thank you for your faithfulness to give generously to God through our tithes and offerings last Sunday. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to give generously to God to our Dollar Day ministry for the month of December last Sunday. Last Sunday, we gave $1,243 to our Dollar Day offering. And that offering, every one of those dollars will go to provide Christmas for 27 children representing 11 different families through our partnership with the Prison Fellowship Angel Tree Ministry. We obey God. We glorify God. We are blessed by God as we give generously to God. I want to thank you for praying this past week. For Ginger and Jake and Timber Goss. I want to thank you for specifically praying for Jake and the national pastor. As I shared the request with you last week, they went to the village this past Tuesday to deal. It was a brand new village in Lesotho and the mountains, and they went to deal with what they had been told was a problem with evil spirits in the village. As I shared with Jake this week, I can joyfully uh, report back to you that Jake and the national pastor are safe and sound back in uh, Maseru, Lesotho, where they uh, live. They are there, and God protected them, God blessed them, and God used them in an amazing way in that new village this past Tuesday. As they made their way there, through some challenging circumstances and situations, they got there and they did deal with this evil spirits problem. And what happened, as Jake shared with me, was that they were able to share the good news of the gospel with the chief of the village and some of the leaders in the village. And Jake reported back that many of them placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Yes. Yes. Got back, we've connected since then, and so here's the new request. Need you praying this week, need you praying Tuesday again. Here's the updated prayer request. Please be praying for Jake and the national pastor as they go back to this village this Tuesday to follow up with some discipleship training based on those who place their faith in Christ Jesus, as well as continuing to find out about the opportunities to expand their ministry there in the village. So this Tuesday, Jake goes back with the national pastor. Let's pray for God's blessings, protection, strength, and that God would continue using them as they go back to this village. Thank you as well for giving generously to God, your faithfulness to give generously to God through our international missions offering today. Later as you leave, you'll be able to place those offering uh, in the baskets as you leave. Thank you for helping to support our international missions partners. It's a blessing to join God in his work and his world of getting the good news of Jesus to those in the nations, helping others have their lives changed for eternity just as we've had our lives changed for eternity. And so what a blessing it is to join together in ministry here locally, but also literally around the world. God is at work in amazing ways in our church family. God is at work in amazing ways in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is 
is the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that we are walking by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives is the evidence that we are growing in our faith in Jesus and becoming more and more like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit blesses us and the fruit of the Spirit blesses those that God places around us through us. And so we see this morning, once again, Galatians chapter 5, Paul's writing these words to these believers, true for us today, but the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Gentleness, in the original language, praates, it means meekness, mildness, humility, it, it even means a tenderness. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. I believe that this fruit of gentleness may be the most misunderstood fruit of the nine fruit of the Spirit. Some Christ followers believe that gentleness means weakness. I think at times we think of gentleness and we think, it, well, that just means weakness. Therefore, the fruit of gentleness isn't as considered, it's not as prioritized, and it's not as valued as the other fruit of the Spirit. Some would even say, when the going gets tough, it's the tough, not the gentle, that get going. And so God wants to help us set the record straight this morning on this exciting and all-important and quite honestly, unbelievably powerful fruit of the Spirit of gentleness. So let's look with a, a definition as we begin. Gentleness does not mean weakness. It does not mean weakness. Gentleness literally means power under control. Gentleness is power under control. Gentleness is consideration of others and showing and speaking grace to others rather than seeking revenge or getting even with others. Gentleness really is tenderness that is spoken and shown. Gentleness flows from the Christ follower who understands God's in charge of them and God's will is best for them, so they're humbly following God. And the fruit of gentleness empowers us. Think about this now. The fruit of gentleness empowers us. That means the fruit of gentleness empowers you and me to speak and show grace gently in hostile, stressful situations to hostile and stressed out people. Gentleness empowers us in hostile situations with hostile people to respond tenderly, gently, humbly with grace. In our words and actions. I love what the late great preacher and author Charles Spurgeon said. He said this, gentleness does not push itself to the front and does not get easily provoked. The true follower of Christ will be gentle and tender even as he was. Now look at this last line. Those who are much with Christ become much like Christ. Gentleness rejects Pride and selfishness, gentleness rather embraces humility 
and selflessness. So let's begin unpacking God's truth for our lives in this fruit. We're going to look at a couple of points about gentleness, this fruit of gentleness, and then we're going to look at how we benefit from it and how we apply it in our lives, because that's what God wants in us, from us, through us, around us, and with us this morning is a focus on gentleness today and this week. And so first point we see is Jesus is gentle. Jesus, God the Son, the Son of God, was anything but weak. Jesus sacrificed his life for us on the cross of Calvary. Jesus did not call down legions of angels to take him off the cross, though he could. Jesus did not wipe out all those who falsely accused him, beat him, opposed him, and riddled him, though he could. Jesus endured the humiliation of the cross. Jesus endured the pain of the cross. Jesus endured the opposition from sinful men. Jesus endured the desertion of his disciples and followers as he took our place on the cross and ultimately paid our price for sin with his very life, with the blood he shed for us on the cross of Calvary. Jesus demonstrated perfect obedience to God his Father on the cross. Jesus demonstrated the unconditional agape love of God to us on the cross. Jesus demonstrated gentleness, power under control for us on the cross. And Jesus himself described himself as gentle, as meek, as lowly as humble. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, if you want to turn there real quickly, you may. Uh, it's to the left, several, several books to the left. It'll be on the screen. You can jot it down if you're taking notes. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me for I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am lowly, I am gentle. It's the word gentle there, lowly, gentle, humble, tender in heart. Jesus was referencing what was happening in this day in the Gospel of Matthew. The religious leaders, the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, and the Pharisees were teaching at this point in time, the way to God was by works through and for God. The way to God, the way to get to God was by doing good works for God. This was a crushing burden expectation and yoke on the people in Jesus' day because it's impossible for us to get to God by doing good works for God. Those who listen to their message, the people who listen to the rabbis and the Pharisees' message, they were burdened. They were weary. They were beat down. They were exhausted from trying to earn a relationship with God, from trying to get to God by being good and by doing good works for God. And Jesus said to them, he spoke to them, he said, come to me, come to me. What he means there is place your faith and trust in me. Surrender to me. He said, I am gentle, I am lowly, I am humble in heart. He said, I will save you, I will give you rest. That you so desperately want. I'll give you the salvation that you desire. I'll give you the rest that you need. He said, come to me, place your faith in me. Jesus gently taught these people that he was the way to God. Not works. The gentleness of Jesus, think about it, was on full display when Jesus met up with the ladies 
right after his resurrection. The ladies were the first to see him. They met up, Jesus met up with the ladies after his resurrection, and he told the ladies, I want you to go, and I want you to tell my disciples, and I want you to tell Peter to go ahead of me to Galilee, because I'm going to meet them there just as I told them before my crucifixion. Jesus was gentle with Peter, who had just denied him three times as he spoke words of grace to Peter. And so we see the gentleness of Jesus on display throughout his life and ministry in the Gospels. We see Paul in Galatians chapter 5. If you look back in Galatians chapter 5, Paul reminded us of this. In Galatians chapter 5, in verse 1, we see Paul wrote, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Here we go again. Years later, the believers in the churches in Galatea were struggling with this yoke of slavery. It was the same yoke of slavery that Jesus referenced in the Gospel of Matthew. It was this teaching that the way to God was by works for God. And so Paul said, don't submit again to this yoke of slavery. He said, stop trying to get to God by your works for God. It's not going to work. We can't get to God by being good or by doing good works. Paul told them that Jesus has set us free from sin, Satan, death, and the law. We have a relationship with God by faith and trust in Jesus as a response of God's grace at work in our lives. We have new life, abundant life, eternal life with God in Christ Jesus. The gentleness of Jesus and going to the cross in our place, paying the price for our sins, opens the way for us to be able to have a relationship with God. And we know this is true in our own personal lives. Jesus is so very gentle and tender with us. Amen? My gracious, he's gentle with me. When I don't deserve it, he's so very gentle. So tender. And how he speaks to us. He convicts us of sin. The perfect righteous one who gave his life for us to rescue us from our sins gently convicts us when we turn away and when we give in to sin and we literally turn our back on him and turn away from him. He gently comes to us and tenderly convicts us of sin, forgives us of sin. And he's so gentle with us as he teaches us how to live in love like him. And the gentleness of Jesus is amazing. It's on full display in this word, in these heroes' lives, but in our lives as well today. The second point we see is that God wants gentleness through us. This makes sense because gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit, which is produced in us by the Holy Spirit as we walk by the Spirit. We can't produce gentleness in and of ourselves. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And so God wants gentleness through us. That's clear. Paul made this clear in all of his writings. He made it clear here in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to walk real quick. Let's just do, let's do some walking here in the Word. Turn to your right. Next book, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Maybe a page or two at most for you. Let's look at this. Ephesians 4. We're just going to look at a few verses. Jot these down. Ephesians 4 verse 1. Therefore I, prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received. 
with all humility and gentleness. Say gentleness. Gentleness. With patience, bearing with one another in love. Now let's turn a couple of books. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. Skip over Philippians. Go to Colossians chapter 3. And I want us to look in verse 12. Talking, Paul writing to the believers there in this town, in this church. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility. Say it with me out loud. Gentleness and patience. Turn to your right. 1 Timothy chapter 6. He's he's spoken and wrote to a couple of churches. Now he's going to specifically write to his son of the faith, Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Just a few more books to the right. In verse 11, Paul writes these words to Timothy, his son of the faith. But you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and altogether, and gentleness. Since we are new in Jesus, Paul is making this clear. Since we are free in Jesus, new in Jesus, we are are to walk as Jesus walked. We're to be like Jesus. We're to have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. And listen, walking with Jesus means being gentle like Jesus. The more we walk with Jesus, the more we become like Jesus. It's the way the Holy Spirit works. The more we walk with Jesus, the more gentle we will be like Jesus. Paul didn't just preach about gentleness. He didn't just write about gentleness. Paul expressed and practiced gentleness. If you look to your left, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you just go to the left, Galatians, get back to Galatians, and then take one turn to the left, to Galatians, uh, and you'll find 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1, listen to what Paul said. Paul said in verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, now I, Paul, myself, appeal to you by the meekness and altogether out loud and gentleness of Christ. I who am humble among you in person, but bold towards you when absent. Paul appealed, he wrote, he taught, he encouraged the believers in church in Corinth based on the meekness and gentleness of Christ Jesus. Here's what was going on to give you more of an understanding of what Paul was writing here. He practiced gentleness. There was a rebellious group in the church in Corinth, a rebellious minority in the church in Corinth, and they were trying to lead the faithful majority in the church in Corinth away from God, and they were doing it by trying to divide them and pull them away from Paul, by making false accusations against Paul that they had heard from the opponents of Paul, these false teachers who opposed Paul. And so what they were doing to try to lead the faithful majority away from Paul, ultimately away from God, they accused Paul and they said this to the faithful majority. The the rebellious minority continually said to the faithful majority in the church in Corinth, they said, hey, guys, haven't you figured this out? Paul, when he's there in person with us, when he's teaching here in person with us, he's weak. He's all weak and lowly and and humble. He's gentle. He's passive. But when he's away from us and he's writing these letters to us, oh, he gets all bold and courageous and he challenges us and he gets all strong with his wording and gets in our face. He's a hypocrite. Well, Paul understood this. He knew this was going on. And so he said, hey, 
I appeal to you. I'm going to address this situation in the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Paul did not abuse his pastoral authority. He did not get even with these believers. He did not seek revenge on these believers. He did not yell at these believers. He did not try to lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. He responded with gentleness to them and his words to them. Responded with the gentleness of Jesus. He personally knew the gentleness of Christ in his life. Paul did, and so he responded with this gentleness. So we know, as we look at this fruit of gentleness, God is a gentle God, and he wants gentleness through us. So let's look at a few benefits of gentleness that we can see in our day-to-day lives. Real practical, real easy for all of us to see and understand benefits in our day-to-day lives. The first benefit is gentleness helps resolve conflict. Gentleness helps resolve conflict. We know that Solomon said in in, uh, Proverbs 15 and verse 1, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. Gentle words ease anger, hostility, and harshness. Gentle words help to resolve conflict, disagreements, and hurt. The reason why gentleness is so effective is because gentleness is so unexpected. The reason gentleness is so effective is because it's so unexpected. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. I think you'll agree with me. In times of conflict, when we have conflict in our interpersonal relationships, husband and wife, parent, child, work employee, employer, whatever the case may be, friends, brothers, sisters in Christ, when there's conflict in our relationships, what we all expect in the conflict is for anger to lead to more anger, harshness to lead to more harshness, and hostility to lead to more hostility, which only serves to make the conflict deeper and wider, and it causes more hurt and pain, which is exactly what the enemy wants to do. Why do we expect this? It's because that's what comes naturally to us in our flesh. Paul told us about this in his list of the works of the flesh in the verses starting in verse 19. And he told us, here's what our flesh does. Here's what our flesh produces. And we've already gone through this weeks back. But Paul included in the works of our flesh strife, factions, hatreds, outbursts of anger and dissensions. So what happens is when we are dealing in our interpersonal relationships and communication, anger happens. It leads to more anger. Hostility happens. It leads to more hostility. Someone's harsh to you. What does that mean? You're going to be harsh back to them. And it just continues on and on and on. Gentleness is supernatural. Gentleness is effective because it's unexpected. God produces gentleness in us. We don't produce it ourselves. And it is this gentleness, the fruit of gentleness, that allows us to respond humbly, not harshly, to respond softly, not sharply, to respond patiently, not pointedly. And it completely shoots the wheels off the other person. You know this as well as I do. It shoots their wheels off. Sometimes they get so angry because why? They want you to keep fighting so they can keep fighting because they got a couple of more names they want to get out. That's our flesh. You get our flesh stirred up and going, man, we're going to have all kinds of things we're thinking of. Boy, I'm going to bring this one out next. I got them. Let's hear what they got to say. Boy, I got a good one now. Come on, bring it. Come on, bring it. And gentleness just absolutely shoots the wheels off of us. 
we're just like, whoa. What, what, did, what did you just say? I love what Solomon said. I think this is so true. Proverbs 25, verse 15. A ruler can be persuaded through patience, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Telling you that's true. A gentle tongue can break a bone. What is Solomon saying? He's saying this. Same thing Paul's saying. Gentleness carries great power from God for good. Great power from God for good. I love what one Bible scholar said. Gentleness takes the sting out of conflict. And so we see one of the benefits of this fruit of gentleness is it helps to resolve conflict. Man, it'll shut it down and move us towards peace. Secondly, gentleness helps to restore relationships. It helps us to restore our relationship with God. Now, we're going to talk about this more when we get to Galatians chapter 6. We'll dive into this and take this apart. But let me just give you a preview. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, that means a sin. You who are spiritual, restore such a person with a, say it out loud with me, a gentle spirit. So we're going to learn more about this later. But Paul's telling us, when we know of a brother or sister in Christ who is overtaken in sin, they've, they've fallen into the temptation of sin. They're living a lifestyle of sin. They've turned away from God. Uh, they, they are out of fellowship with God because that's what sin does. It, sin breaks our fellowship with God. Then what Paul said is we're to go to that brother or sister in Christ and we're to help restore them. We're to help share with them about how they can get reconnected to God, but we're to do it with a gentle spirit. You notice he said, but don't attempt this without a gentle spirit. Gentleness, therefore, is a key tool in spiritual restoration and reconciliation. Understand, gentleness plays a leading role in spiritual restoration and reconciliation. A critical, harsh, mean spirit only serves to push the brother or sister in Christ who is already overtaken in sin further and further away from God, his word, his truth, and his best for their lives. It's not going to help. That's why Paul said, a gentle spirit. Go with gentleness because gentleness leads to conviction, confession, restoration of the relationship with God, and it also leads to protection. And we'll see when we go with a gentle spirit, it helps to protect us from falling into the same temptation, the same sin that they've fallen into, which he'll talk about as we continue through chapter 6 later. So gentleness is amazing. Gentleness also helps to restore our relationships with one another. Think about this. Gentleness opens the door for us to communicate with one another. What happens is when we're in an argument and we're in battles with one another, when there's conflict, generally in every situation, you're going to have an imploder and an exploder, <clears throat> You're going to have one who wants to internalize everything and just continues to get angrier and angrier and angrier. You're going to have one who's always wanting to fight and get it out right then. And so you end up having all kinds of combustion. <clears throat> and what happens ultimately is the silent treatment at some point in time will take over or that people will just leave. And what happens here is gentleness helps to come in. And this gentleness 
brings the conflicted parties together. Gentleness opens up the opportunity for communication. Well, when we communicate with one another with gentleness, <clears throat> we are able to listen to one another, learn about one another, learn from one another. We're able to forgive one another. We're able to understand one another. We're able to love one another, and we're able to live at peace and harmony with one another. Why? Because we're uh, listening. <clears throat> Why? Because we're communicating. Why? Because gentleness. Gentleness rushes in, and it helps to resolve conflict. It helps to reconcile relationships, restores those relationships. Gentleness also, a third benefit, helps to enhance our witness for Jesus. Man, gentleness helps us as witnesses for Jesus. Peter understood this. Peter was well aware of the gentleness of Jesus in his life, as we mentioned earlier. And he, he knew this. And so he understood how important gentleness is in our relationships. And so in 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter wrote about gentleness. <clears throat> and let me just give you a real quick synopsis. Peter wrote this letter, 1 Peter, to the, five, the believers in the five provinces in what is today the country of, of Turkey. And so he wrote to these believers, and he was talking to them about living for Jesus, and he told them, in essence, part of living for Jesus means suffering for Jesus, so you need to suffer well for Jesus. And then he was talking to them about their witness as followers of Jesus, and he said in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 15, he said, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, put God first, is what he's saying, ready at any time to give a defense, to give a reason, to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do this, here it is, with what? Gentleness and respect. Gentleness puts others at ease. Gentleness shows concern for others. Gentleness speaks love to others. Gentleness opens the door for those who don't know Jesus to listen to us tell them about Jesus so that hopefully they will respond to Jesus. It really is difficult, and I think you would agree as you think through your own life and your testimony of your relationships, and, and maybe you're in the middle of a conflicted relationship, and this is exactly what God's pouring into you this morning, and so there's no question about it uh, for you. But I think we could all agree that it's difficult to resist, to ridicule, or to reject gentleness in action. It's hard to reject gentleness. I mean, it just kind of overwhelms you. It, it just kind of knocks you to your knees, which is where we all need to be anyways. And so... What is our application today? Well, it's real simple. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. We need to walk by the Spirit. God wants gentleness through us, so God produces gentleness in us as we walk by the Spirit, as we depend on God, as we surrender and walk in obedience to God on a day-by-day -day basis, as we live humble before God, on our knees before God, throughout our daily lives, as we're seeking Him, as we depend on Him, as He leads and we follow, then God produces this gentleness in us, and He allows us to speak and show gentle words and actions, humble words and actions, gracious words tender words and actions to those he places around us. Gentleness helps us 
to build trust, helps us to diffuse conflict, helps us to encourage peace, helps us to express love, helps us to, to have conversations, helps us to heal hurt. Gentleness helps us to right wrongs. Gentleness helps us to restore relationships. Gentleness helps us to show grace. Gentleness helps us to speak God's truth and love in a way that will be received. Gentleness helps us to walk in obedience to God. Gentleness helps us to bring honor and glory and praise to God. So we need to walk by the Spirit. God first, we follow. So that this gentleness that God's producing in us will go through us. Now there's a few things we need to do to unlock this gentleness. So we're going to get real specific and real, real personal and real practical right here, right now. Three things we must do if we're going to see this gentleness activated in our lives. Number one, seek forgiveness. Seek forgiveness. We need to seek forgiveness from God and others for the harsh words we may have spoken or the harsh actions we may have done to others. we got to seek forgiveness. Every sin is first and foremost against God. But when we talk about the fruit of gentleness, this harshness, this unkindness, this criticalness, it's oftentimes against others. It happens a lot in, in our families, unfortunately. Our marriages, husbands and wives, and their communication with our children not taking the power of our words seriously. And instead just flippantly saying things. That are far from gentle. from a humble and lowly heart focused on the Lord. We need to seek forgiveness from God first and then from one another. The Lord's convicting. If he's convicting of any harshness or hostility or anger recently in your words or your actions, then seek that forgiveness. Second, show forgiveness. You got to show it. As important as it is for us to seek forgiveness when we cross that line of harshness, we got to show forgiveness to others or we won't be able to continue to be gentle with them or to live at peace with them because we'll be so hurt by them and angry with them that we won't be able to unlock this gentleness to them. You know, harshness in our words and actions hurts. It does damage to us personally. It does damage to our relationships. And so we must seek forgiveness, but we must show it as well. We must show it. Whether the other person, quite honestly, asks for our forgiveness or not, whether they stop their harshness, anger, or hostility or not, when we understand forgiveness biblically, we must show it. And that requires the supernatural power of God at work in our lives.
And then we must also depend on God. We must depend on God so that he can produce that gentleness in us. We must depend on God when he can produce that gentleness through us. Listen, let me just share with you once again, I know you understand this, we have no hope of showing gentleness on our own. No chance. No chance. The reason is because everything in us, everything within our flesh, wants to respond harshly to those who are harsh with us, wants to respond in anger to those who are angry with us, wants to respond with hostility to those who are still with us. Everything within us wants to respond. We have no hope in the flesh. That's why we must walk by the Spirit. Because as we walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit harnesses our flesh. We can't He can, praise God. He harnesses our flesh and he fills us with this gentleness. And then he empowers us to pour it out of our lives into our relationships to those around us. And when this happens, Almighty God gets all the glory because everybody, including us, knows, oh my goodness, there ain't no way they responded that way. There's no possible way. That is God at work in that person's life. And we just have the privilege and honor of saying, go, God, go. You're absolutely right. That has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. Everything to do with him. He helps us to be gentle to those who at times don't deserve our gentleness. Why? Because we don't deserve God's gentleness to us in Christ Jesus. Yet he pours it out on us, in us, through us, and around us. As Christ followers, we know God knows us. We know that God knows our name. We know that God is with us, and we know that God is more than enough for us. Therefore, as Christ followers, we know that God will use everything that is happening to us and everyone that is coming against us in his work to grow us, to humble us, to prune us, to sharpen us, to teach us, and to use us in his work in others' lives by empowering us to speak and to show this fruit of gentleness. And as we walk by the Spirit, this fruit blesses us and it blesses all those around us. A ruler can be persuaded through patience and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of invitation. This is God's time for us, with us. We respond to him as he has spoken to us. The altar is open as it always is for you to come and respond and do business with the Lord. If that's what you desire, if God's calling you to come and pray with a brother, sister in Christ, pray for brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe God's just called you to come and kneel and just confess the sin to him, get right with him so that then you can go and get right with your husband, your wife, your children, 
your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ, a family member, whatever the case may be. This time of the season, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of joy because of the reason for the season, the birth of Jesus, and we celebrate that. But there's also a lot of other stuff going on, a lot of stress that puts a premium on gentleness. And we know the enemies at work trying to keep this fruit of gentleness from flowing through us. So let's continue to seek God's help. Let's walk by the Spirit. Let's let's seek His forgiveness and let's show others forgiveness that we must show to them. And then let's just depend on God that He'll continue that work in us, producing this fruit of gentleness through us. Listen, if you've never received the gift of God's grace and gentleness and salvation, new life, eternal life, abundant life, by placing your faith in Jesus, like Michael did this past week, then I want to encourage you, maybe this morning, why not right here, why not right now? Why not today? Our pastors and ministers will be at the front. They'd love to introduce you to Jesus. They'd love to pray with you. We're here to help in whatever way we can. God loves you, and you are here on purpose, not by accident, and he is speaking to you, and I want to encourage you to respond. Here in person, streaming online, respond to God's leading. Say yes to Jesus. Whatever it is he's asking, it's best. Say yes. Let's stand and let's worship the Lord together.